Thank you for tuning in to Refine and Focus Lunchtime Lives. If you're here, that means you're committed to growing yourself as a professional. You're committed to hearing the conversation and hopefully being a part of it and also seeing what we're up to. And we're very, very excited to have you join us today. It looks like we have someone from Singapore signing on. There's uh, Tokyo, New York, even Australia. Wow, the time zone in Australia must be really different. So we have a great audience here today. Uh, we're on multiple channels, and we'll be starting pretty soon. And we're talking about becoming a serial innovator. And uh, I know you guys wanted uh, Pranima to speak with you directly today that there's a huge uh, letter and movement around having her talk to you. And apparently there's just like a fan club that spilled over from her other activities. And I'm very happy that we can present today a Purnima Takre legend. Uh, you may know her from Refine and Focus Innovation. You might know her from Bali X. You might know her from being the champion force of good with uh, empowered women. You might know her as a friend. You might know her as a client or a colleague, but you will know her as someone who today will tell you all about becoming a serial innovator. And with that, it is a pleasure to have Purnima here. And we'll just ask her, what is your favorite part of being here with us today? Just talking to everyone. This is like, this is one of the greatest highlight of our week seeing everybody and talking to everybody. And if you have joined, just say hi in the comments because we are on three different channels. We can't really see everyone. So it would be really nice if you can say hi in the comments and just say where you're from or just say hi. Yeah. And also as we go along, feel free to ask questions at any point. We'll get to them really soon. We'll answer all your questions. And the context of our discussion today is there's a lot of need and room and desire for innovation because we have to do things in new ways to be successful. There's challenges in business, there's challenges in life, and there's ways of uh, leveraging all kinds of talent and all kinds of tools, including empathy, to be better and to come up with solutions that work for all. And so... Uh, Pranima was asked by multiple people that we care about to address this, and that's what sparked the idea. And with, uh, with that said, we'll go through a few questions, and we'll ask about these key concepts. So the first thing I'd like to ask is, why is it that so few succeed in innovation while many others fail? Hmm. They do things differently. They, it's innovation is a mindset. And uh, it, I know, you know, companies that are innovative seem cool. So everybody thinks that being innovative or innovation-based, what it looks like is it looks like a cool factor. And it is kind of like branding. Branding is not just about look and feel. It's about what you stand for, what your values are, what your mindset is. That is what your branding is. And innovation is exactly the same. Innovation is a mindset. And those who have this mindset, those who have innovation built into their culture, their 
mindset, their behavior, their everything, those are the ones that are able to innovate consistently. And everyone else, a lot of people try to do it as a one-time thing or as a project. And uh, it's, you know, they might get lucky and might succeed, but to succeed continuously to become what we call as serial innovator, you need to have that mindset. Well, what are they doing differently that others aren't doing? So I, uh, uh, a few weeks back, I spoke at a panel at Portugal Air Summit. And that is when I thought about this question a lot. I thought about this question a lot. What is it that serial innovators or companies, corporations, people who succeed at innovation continuously do differently from everyone else. And the list was really long, but I wanted to make it really efficient for everyone else to have a simple checklist. So I came down to five things, five basic things. If you have these five basic things, you can become a serial innovator. And uh, those five basic things are uh, let's do it like this. Let's do it in TikTok style. Okay. Yeah. Uh, those five basic things are, one is you need to have a culture of forgiveness and not a culture of fear. Second one is you need to get rid of all kinds of silos and hierarchies. We will talk in detail about what I mean by that, hopefully. Uh, third is you need to build an environment of curiosity and learning. Fourth is you need to have teams where everyone is an outsider. And fifth one is investment in innovation, which is very different from invest, investment in, in everywhere else. These are the five things. You said something about the culture of forgiveness. What, what does that look like? Hmm. So, you know, at Refine & Focus, we have worked with a lot of huge companies and uh, companies which are very, very traditional. And these many of such companies have a very strict hierarchy and uh, very strict rules and regulations in a lot of approval processes wherein, wherein not everyone has an equal voice. And people are actually scared to make decisions. There is a culture of fear wherein who person who takes the responsibility has a very high chance of being penalized if things go wrong. So that's exactly what forgiveness does not look like. Forgiveness looks like when people want to, people, people are excited to make decisions. People feel like making decisions. And when they are making those decisions, they don't have to, the decisions are not delayed so much that uh, they are not, uh, they don't make sense anymore. And, and that's the difference. Like you, every morning when you wake up to go to work, you feel excited because you just know that you can work confidently in with all the excitement and your skills that you have. Great. Um, so b before we proceed, I just want to say uh, hello to Estris, uh, uh, who said hello to us. And if you're joining right now, uh, please also just Say hi. Let us know what you're from, where you're from, and if you're listening, that would be great. We'll continue to answer these great questions, and uh, and we look we look forward to it. 
Huh. Uh, and hi to Ribu, Katie, and Carolina also. And uh, if you want us to say hi to you, please say hi in the comments. So we're talking about innovation and we're talking about the criteria that makes innovation work and serial innovators successful. And one of those criteria must be clearly around, you know, what are the, some of the silos that they have to break to be successful in innovation? So we'd like to hear a little bit more about what are some of those silos that they need to break to be successful? Mm -hmm. There are different, you know, I, I see these silos in in three or four dimensions. So there are silos within your organization, all the verticals, like, you know, you have accounting, you have uh, finance, you have um, HR and sales and marketing, whatever, those silos. And then I look at industrial silos, which is you are in healthcare, you are in education, you are in something else. And then there are hierarchies. So if you want innovation to work, you need to break all these three kinds of silos, which is your internal verticals, your uh, uh, external industry uh, boundaries, and the third one is hierarchies. And what it looks like when you break these silos, I'll give you quickly give you a few examples from each one. So when you don't have vertical, which means that you still need to have departments, but people don't feel like, you know, this is not my job. I'm not going to do this one. This is finance job or this is sales job where people are comfortable wearing each other's hats, helping each other, learning from each other and everyone having equal understanding of who they are serving, which is, you know, usually the patients, customers or whoever that you your business is serving. You need to know that everyone is working together for that particular group of people and need to have, even if you are in accounting, you need to know what are the problems faced by your customers. And that's what is what I mean by breaking vertical silos, then industrial silos. I can count, I can tell you a few industries which don't, which which are technologically so advanced, but they don't learn from other industries. And those industries are the ones which are facing a lot of problem right now because they did, unlike other industries, they did not learn from other industries and grow. And uh, when you decide that you are in this particular industry and this is how things are done, that's where it starts failing. So you need to learn from other industries. And hierarchy, we just talked about when we talked about the culture of forgiveness. Like you can have, you know, you need to, everyone needs to have different roles and responsibilities and uh, more responsibilities, less responsibilities. From that point of view, it's good to have hierarchy, but don't have that hierarchy in your behavior, in your attitude 24-7. You know, somewhere or the other, everybody needs to have a equal playing field and equal opportunity to speak their ideas and speak their mind and to put those together. They just, it's just a wonderful environment to grow together. Sure. So we were talking about environments of growth and I'm hoping you can address something very similar, which is the environments of curiosity and learning and how do we build them and why they matter? Mm -hmm. So uh, environments of curiosity and learning, you have to look at it from a few different angles. So first one that, you you need to first 
create efficiencies in your operations so that people have time to learn. You cannot load every person with huge workload that they have no time to breathe, no time to be curious or learn. And the second thing is get them excited about their work. Make their work uh, interesting enough and work becomes interesting Going back to my previous point, which is if everybody knows who they're serving and what they're serving and what purpose or cause they're working towards, they have that excitement in their work. And if they have that excitement, they will be curious and that curiosity will lead to learning and also make avenues, you know, sometimes because we have so much of information load all the time, even though we know what we should be learning, there are just so many things to learn from. And people don't know where to begin. So some kind of guidance, mentorship, coaching opportunities where someone can tell them that, you know, this is what you should be learning now. This is what you should be taking interest in now, but not forcefully, not as a uh, not as a check the box kind of uh, training, but more like, you know, this this will really be helpful in your long term career, even if it's not helpful here or this is a great uh, learning opportunity. And uh, just how you, it is also the leadership's responsibility. I think one of the biggest responsibility that anyone as a leader has is, uh, is, is getting people happy and excited about their work in life. So I know that you've talked a lot about um, leaders and their teams. And we've also heard you mention that teams consist of or should consist of outsiders. And everyone should be an outsider on a team, which seems counterintuitive. So what do you mean by that? What do you mean that teams where everyone is an outsider is a good thing? So all these things that we're talking about are extremely interrelated. And uh, so first I'll answer your question, which is what does it mean by outsider? Everyone is an outsider, which means, you know, that the team is extremely diverse. It is so diverse that uh, no two people are alike. And that is the most, because diversity, when we talk about diversity, is not just the diversity of uh, race. The diversity comes in gender. Diversity is of education. Diversity is of skill set. Diversity is of experience. Diversity is also of industrial, uh, what industries that they have worked in and what functions they have worked in the in their previous uh, uh, career. And the teams which have combination of all these things are the real diverse teams. And uh, we have had a long talk. If you remember, we talked only about how diverse teams are more creative than the how diversity nurtures uh, creativity. And that's that's how important it is. Like if you don't have different ideas coming from different perspectives and different backgrounds, that's not going to be helpful. If you try to solve the same problem in the same way, you're not going to get different answers. So you will remain where you are or you will go backwards, but you won't progress. Sure. So speaking about kind of differences in organizations and also thinking about differences in investing and differences in innovation techniques, um, some people think innovation projects are invested in very similarly to regular projects. Others have a different point of view. That innovation is invested differently than regular projects. 
like to hear a little bit about your perspective of how does in, in a, innovation investment look different than investments elsewhere? So if you are, so, uh, so in everywhere else, it's like bigger investment should result in bigger success. But thankfully with innovation, it's not the same. You can very easily have smaller, but consistent, smaller, but consistent investment in innovation. And that is where the success will come, success will come from. If you make one time huge investment and then, you know, that, you know, in some large kind of effort and suddenly that thing fails and you take back the investment and you say that, you know, this is not going to work and uh, we don't need to assign any budget in, in, in innovation. That's not how it is going to, you have to, you have to split your investment in smaller chunks, invest it in a smaller scale, test and learn from your failures, even if that project fails, learn from the failures of that project and then build more, then build more, more and more. And uh, which is, I had another thought, but I forgot what it was. Well, just on what you were saying, I mean, some large companies have to invest, you know, a hundred times in a project over the course of many years before they find one breakout solution that that innovation yielded a tremendous result. But the companies that have those appetites to invest in big ways and that don't just see one or two investments but make a portfolio of investments over the course of a long time, those companies really succeed. So that really speaks to your point about how that kind of investing can be a little different than uh, other traditional forms. I just have one more question. And guys, if you are watching and have a question, we'd love to hear from you. So please put your question in. The, uh, in a chat window. But the last question is, there's so many things you're talking about here that are really important and they all help us become better serial innovators. But what is one thing that we can start doing differently right away that would help us become better serial innovators? Hmm. I, I would say just start with the culture of forgiveness. It's if you are not a leader, try to uh, do things on smaller scale and test and learn and forgive yourself for making mistakes. If you are a leader, you're actually in a much more powerful position wherein you can create that culture of forgiveness and uh, you can, you know, you can build confidence in your team and make everyone use their skill sets better than what they are doing right now. So. That, that 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 fear thing is the most important thing. Here's a question from one of our viewers from Tokyo. She asks, what can I do in my everyday life, not necessarily my business life, where I can practice innovation? Are there ways that I can incorporate practicing innovation in my everyday life? Hmm. Uh, everyday life incorporating innovation like yeah. is it how i cook or how i think or are there ways that i can try different things that can give me practice and give it, me the, 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 uh, the answer is in your question so you uh, innovation is all about trying on a smaller scale with uh, with the you know uh, and and testing things if they work and doing them on a bigger scale 
And there are lots of resources. It's That is a basic principle, and it's easier to say it than to do it. And there are many resources, uh, free resources and uh, cheap resources available everywhere. And you can look them up, and you can um, start learning and using them. You can start. I think design thinking is a good point to start. I always like to because I come from design background, I really like people starting from design thinking, or you can start with uh, something like Lean Startup if you already have some background in innovation. Great. Well, we really appreciate your time, guys, and your great questions and involvement. If you have any questions for Purnima, hello at Refine and Focus. We'll reach her, and she will be happy to answer them. And we look forward to seeing you again uh, really soon. It was an absolute pleasure to be here with you. We hope that there is something you've taken away. Um, Right before we go, we have one last question from the famous, the infamous and famous Katie. Katie asks, what are some, what are some thought starter techniques or activities you'd recommend to get someone in the mindset of innovation? Hmm. That's a heavy question, Katie. To get into a mindset of innovation. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, there's there's a few. Um one of the one of the easiest disciplines that is important to embrace is improv. And the reason that improv is so important to embrace is because in the process of learning how to improv, you're constantly thinking about how to add value to a scene, how to contribute positive energy and attention to a partner, and really um, build and add on this on this idea that nothing is right or wrong. It all has to kind of make sense within the context of a scene. And that like that really frees yourself up and allows you to have more energy, more movement, more acceptance of your ideas and lets yourself and your mind be more open and receptive to things that you may not traditionally think of. Yeah. And, and not thinking that this, this is, this is my job. This is my work. This is my area of expertise expertise. And I don't need to know about anything outside of that. That's, that's, exactly opposite of how you want to think you want to think like everything is your business and you need to you need to not deeply learn about everything but you need to be aware of most of the things around you and whatever you come across the other thing that's so critical is you can you know you can really think from the perspective of your customer so understand how your customer thinks and feels find examples of comments they've made on social media um, try to encounter uh, a company or messaging or ideas from the perspective of a customer. And this can really help you uh, grow empathy and create a whole new skill set by looking at things from an entirely different perspective. So thank you so much, Katie. We really appreciate it. That was a good question. Yeah. So we will see you guys uh, very soon. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, have a, a good um, basically a, a wonderful week. And also uh, we, we thank all the veterans out there who have served us today. So we are acknowledging and appreciating you on Veterans Day. Also happy Diwali.
and happy Diwali. Yeah. And our next session is going to be close to Thanksgiving. So we haven't yet decided what we are going to talk about, but it will be on November 25th, which is not next Wednesday, Wednesday after that. That's when we are going to talk about something really important, something really life-changing, something that's going to help your career and your organization. <laughs>